When Mark Magani was six years old, he remembers not being able to go out and play. And even when he could go outside his Southern California home to play soccer or tag, he'd find it hard to breathe, even on days that seemed perfectly fine. Having air quality warnings in the Los Angeles area was nothing out of the ordinary. No one was shocked, no one panicked. Brown skies are part of the scenery, and kids just knew to make sure they had their inhalers in their pockets. It wasn't something that we recognized was odd that shouldn't happen. Mark's the founder of a group called Green Latinos, and he's speaking at the America's Latino Eco Festival here in Denver. We adapted. We would go out and play, even on the days when it wasn't bad. We'd come back home, and we'd have a hard time breathing. Sometimes we'd vomit for relief. But that just became normal. He's telling the audience of scientists, educators, policymakers, and advocates that once he grew up, he came to recognize that the polluters, for the sake of cheap energy, were fouling air and water where he lived. But that wasn't the pivotal time when he became active in the environmental movement. My moment when I had had enough came about three years ago. He had brought his then baby daughter to his mother's bedside in the hospital. She sat with my mother and blessed my daughter and sang to her and told her she'd always be there for her. A couple days later, my mother passed from leukemia. And it was a leukemia that is stems from industrial pollutants, from benzene and other industrial pollutants. Everyone here has their moment when they said, this is enough. I'm not going to adapt anymore. I'm not going to accept the way things are. It's well documented that low-income communities of color are disproportionately impacted by environmental toxins. Just this month, a new study found that in metropolitan areas of the U.S., one in three economically disadvantaged Latino immigrant neighborhoods is exposed to cancer-causing air pollution coming from refineries, factories, car exhausts, and other sources. So even though Mark knew there was an environmental justice issue at play, and even though he went on to found Green Latinos, he says he never thought of himself as an eco-warrior. If someone had asked me, are you an environmentalist, are you a conservationist, I would have given him a blank stare. Indeed, the mainstream looks at the environmental movement as something you join. You pay your dues and you're a card-carrying member, even if you do nothing else. They don't consider that our environmentalism is cultural. Our environmentalism is internal. It's within our family. It's our, it's our daily life. I believe that Latinos have a cultural connection to connect, preserving and caring for mi tierra, the land, to eat every part of the animal, to conserve, reuse, repurpose everything that you have. Talking with Mark outside the auditorium, he says caring for the earth is something that's passed down from generation to generation. Uh, I think of going into our refrigerator and not knowing what's in the butter container. Uh, it could be beans, it could be butter, it could be rice, it could be chile, it could be who knows what. Eating menudo, which is intestine, um, lengua, la tongue, sesos, brain, you know, conserving everything that you had and not being wasteful. Um, and that was, that was part of our culture. It wasn't the issue of, are you an environmentalist? It was an issue of, are you living in symbiosis with the land and with the air and the water? And it's that legacy of caring for the planet and being good stewards of natural resources that those attending this conference want to validate. 
They want to dispel myths that Latinos are a single-issue block focused only on immigration because nothing could be further from the truth, and they have the numbers to prove it. So we did some polling recently, and we did it with uh, Earth Justice and a polling firm called Latino Decisions. They surveyed Latinos to gauge their concern about various environmental issues. When they did their analysis and asked the question, how concerned are you about climate change? They found that the percentile of people who said yes, or highly concerned, greatly concerned, was higher than it was for immigration or education. And that shocked them. So much so that they considered not releasing the findings, even though poll after poll found the same result. There was almost a concern that maybe we should suppress this finding so as to not offend Latinos who do have a historic interest in immigration. Yeah, we're not a monolithic group. That's Nicole Hernandez-Hammer, a biologist with the Union of Concerned Scientists. We come from different countries. Uh, our Spanish is different. Uh, we have a variety of cultures within the Latino community. But there are certain things that we all have in common, and uh, one of those things is our concern for the environment. Hernandez came all the way from South Florida to attend this conference because to her, climate change is very much a Latino issue. It really is a Latino issue because we are so disproportionately vulnerable. According to NOAA, about 39% of the U.S. population lives in coastal counties, but 49% of the Latino population lives in coastal counties. So we're going to be feeling the, the brunt of sea level rise impacts, but also uh, more intense storms because of climate change. And nowhere is that more obvious than the part of Florida where she lives. So Miami is almost 70 percent uh, Latino. And because it sits pretty close to sea level, the city has seen an increase in what Hernandez says are called sunny day floods. So flooding when there hasn't been any rain, it's because of the king tides. Um, so when we get the highest tides of the year because we're so flat, that water, that extra salt water comes up through our storm system. She says it's hard to put solutions together because canals that were built to let water drain out during storms are now letting salt water in. You can't really build seawalls the way you might in New Orleans or in the Netherlands um, because the water just comes up from underneath them. The solution at present is pumping, but that's extremely expensive. And the energy to remove that water comes mostly from fossil fuels, not renewables. An irony that's not lost on Hernandez. So we're actually contributing more to climate change in order to save our little part of the world, or at least to just keep it around a little bit longer. And since we are one of the first major cities that are dealing with this degree of, of sea level rise and climate change impacts, then I think uh, we have the moral obligation to set the standard for how adaptation uh, should work and, and about how that should absolutely come from renewable energy. So is this a sleeper issue that politicians should wake up to? From what we've heard today, the candidates who protect the environment will do better with Latino voters. Well, I think politicians are starting to pay attention to the issues that we're most concerned about, and climate change is right at the top of that list. But perhaps more to the point? Yeah, I think um, folks are starting to realize that we are a political powerhouse mm -hmm. and that um, that the issues that matter to us are important. Um, so yeah, it's a great opportunity for us to help make the country more sustainable and lead us towards a clean energy economy. Reporting from Denver, Colorado, I'm Franny Halpern, and you're listening to H2O Radio.